Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to day number 157 of our three-year journey through God's Word, which brings us to Leviticus chapter 11 and a much misunderstood issue in the law of Moses, and that is the categories of clean and unclean animals, uh, the dietary laws. Let's pray and ask for God's wisdom. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that teaches us your truth. Thank you for the way in which your word points us to your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the salvation that we have in him. Help us to read your word rightly, guided by your spirit, guided by the whole counsel of your word, and we pray that we would honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus chapter 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, These are the living things that you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and chews the cud among the animals you may eat. Nevertheless, among those that chew the cud or part the hoof, you shall not eat these. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the rock badger, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the hare, because it chews the cud but does not part the hoof, is unclean to you. And the pig, because it parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and but does not clean chew the cud, is unclean to you. You shall not eat any of their flesh, and you shall not touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. These you may eat of all that are in the waters. Everything in the waters that has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the rivers, you may eat. But anything in the seas or the rivers that does not have fins or scales, of the swarming creatures in the waters and of the living creatures that are in the waters, is detestable to you. You shall regard them as detestable. You shall not eat any of their flesh, and you shall detest their carcasses. Everything in the waters that does not have fins and scales is detestable to you. And these you shall detest among the birds, that they may not be eat they shall not be eaten. They are detestable. The eagle, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the falcon of any kind, every raven of any kind, the ostrich, the night hawk, the seagull, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the short-eared owl, the barn owl, the tawny owl, the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron of any kind, the hoopoe, and the bat. All winged insects that go on all fours are detestable to you. Yet among the winged insects that go on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs above their feet, with which to hop on the ground. Of them you may eat the locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind, the cricket of any kind, and the grasshopper of any kind. But all other winged insects that have four feet are detestable to you. And by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches their carcasses shall be unclean until the evening, and whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every part, every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven-footed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. 
and all that walk on their paws among the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening, and he who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. And these are unclean to you among the swarming things that swarm on the ground, the mole rat, the mouse, the great lizard of any kind, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all that swarm. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until the evening, and anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is an article of wood or a garment or a skin or a sack, any article that is used for any purpose, it must be put into water. It shall be unclean until the evening, then it shall be clean. And if any of them falls into any earthenware vessel, all that is in it shall be unclean, and you shall break it. Any food in it that could be eaten on which water comes shall be unclean, and all drink that could be drunk from every such vessel shall be unclean, and everything on which any part of their carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether oven or stone, it shall be broken in pieces. They are unclean and shall remain unclean for you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern holding water shall be clean, but whoever touches a carcass in them shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass falls upon any seed grain that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and any part of their carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. And if any animal of which you may eat dies... Whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening, and whoever eats its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening, and whoever carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every swarming thing that swarms on the ground is detestable. It shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly, and whatever goes on all fours, whatever has many feet, any swarming thing that swarms on the ground, you shall not eat, for they are detestable. You shall not make yourselves detestable with any swarming thing that swarms, and you shall not defile yourselves with them and become unclean through them, for I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground, for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, because I am holy, for I am holy. This is the law about beast and bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground to make a distinction between the clean and the unclean and between the living creatures that may be eaten and the living creatures that may not be eaten. That's Leviticus chapter 11 in the ESV. So as I said, this is a controversial, misunderstood section of God's word because all of these dietary laws, the language is very strong about these things being detestable and unclean, and even the very strong conclusion uh, to the chapter, God talks about keeping these dietary laws because he is holy and we are to be holy. And so it's very, it is very serious. These are very clear laws that God gave to his people. And so many people have taught that we should still be keeping these dietary laws. And then other people say, well, we understand that 
the ceremonial laws were fulfilled in Christ and that he's the one who makes us clean. And so we're not obligated to keep these as laws anymore, but still it's a good dietary guide. Like this is a healthy way to eat. And that's why God gave it to his people because um, his people are, you know, were called to be healthy. So there's problems with this. The first group, the group that says this is so serious and it's part of our sanctification, it's part of our holiness, we need to still be keeping these things. They've actually understood the purpose of these laws rightly, but they've misunderstood how much Christ has fulfilled these things in in such a way that we now keep the clean and unclean laws by belonging to Christ and by being made clean in Christ from the inside out and that we don't keep the law in this way anymore. So they've understood the purpose of it. it has to do with holiness and cleanliness and obedience to God. The others, the ones who say, well, this is good health advice, this is good dietary guidelines, they've actually misunderstood the purpose of these laws. God wasn't giving these laws to his people so that they could have a healthy diet. He was giving these laws to his people so that they would be holy, they'd be set apart from the nations, they'd be different. People have made arguments like, well, pork is very hard to cook correctly and to prepare right, and so it can really make you sick, and so... God didn't want them to eat that. And the same thing with like catfish or shellfish, lobster, crab. If you don't cook it thoroughly, it can be very bad for you. Yeah, but you know, it's just not true that ancient cultures didn't know how to cook things thoroughly or cook things so that they were well cooked. Because all of those issues really go away if you completely and thoroughly cook the animal in question. And, you know, I've been in remote villages in Africa, which pretty much primitive people without electricity and without running water in their homes. And I've been fed from them, usually goat, sometimes chicken. They're quite capable of cooking their meat quite thoroughly all the way through. So I don't know. It's not, and nowhere here does God talk about health as an issue. He's talking about cleanness, which is a different thing and health. Also, some of the restrictions about what would be made unclean by it and what would not be made unclean by it really don't hold up if you're thinking about health issues. So what do we do with these? Well, these are laws that were given to God's people under the Mosaic law, under the old covenant times, to be a way to set them apart from the nations, a way to show them as God's distinct people so that they would be holy, which means set apart, set apart by God and for God, distinct from the nations around them. They would be a unique people. The way they dressed was different. The way they ate was different. The way they talked was different. The way they worshiped was different. And so they were God's holy people. But when Jesus came, if we look in Mark chapter 7, for example, Jesus made it very clear that people are not made unclean by the things they eat. Let's look at Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 14. And he, that is Jesus, called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said, 
then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him, for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. So here Jesus is making a corrective, and he's the king, he's the sovereign king of the covenant, he is the right to clarify and even revise his laws for his people. And he's saying, you guys have really misused the dietary laws. And this is what happens with all these external forms of righteousness. You think, I'm keeping all the dietary laws. I would never let pork enter my mouth. I would never eat a crab. Oh, keep me far away from me. Snake meat, that's disgusting. Or alligator meat or crocodile meat. I would never eat that. That's gross. And so I've only kept these, therefore I am clean. And meanwhile, you're cursing your neighbor, you're plotting to steal the house of the poor, you're coveting someone else's property, you're, you're, you're going after sensuality, you're proud of yourself for how well you keep the dietary laws. And Jesus says, look, you guys have missed the whole point. This is all about being holy. It's all about being distinct. And you think that just eating or not eating is what's going to make you that. That's not it. You've missed the whole point. And so in the process, he declares all foods clean. He says, all foods are clean. It doesn't matter what you eat. You can have a crab cake. You can have a pulled pork sandwich. You can have, you know, some roasted rattlesnake. It's not going to make you unclean. What makes you unclean are the things that come out of you. And then later in Acts chapter 10, God brings clarification to Peter as he's going to send Peter off to the centurion's household um, to bring him the word of God, Cornelius the centurion. And so as Peter is at the home of Simon, who's a tanner, which is an interesting thing, is that the home of a tanner, a tanner deals with um, dead animal skins. So he's even branching out from his uh, ceremonial law uh, roots or his traditional Judaism. But here God gives him a vision. So this is Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 9. The next day, as they, people from Cornelius, were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop at about the sixth hour to pray. So about noontime, he's praying. And he became hungry. It's the midday meal time, and he's hungry. He wanted something to eat. So they were preparing the meal in the house, and he falls into a trance. Verse 10, verse 11. He saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, bringing down by its four corners, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice from, to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So God has called it clean, but there were all sorts of things on there that were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. Well, God did call them clean because Jesus is the Son of God, God in human flesh, and he declared all foods clean in Mark chapter 7. And now Peter is being told, 
you need to start listening to what Jesus has actually told you. These things are clean. Now, in the context, it was an object lesson for Peter that he should go into the house of Cornelius the centurion, who's a Gentile, a Roman soldier, and that he won't be made unclean by going into Cornelius' household. But here, the way God teaches that to him is to teach him that just as by eating these animals you would not be made unclean, so also by going into the household of Cornelius the centurion you will not be made unclean. Because again, jumping back to what Jesus said, it's not the things that go into a man or the people whose houses you go into, the people you spend time around. It's not anything external that makes you unclean. It's the things internal. And so the final call here at the end of Leviticus chapter 11, jumping back to Leviticus, is still the call on our lives. God is holy and we are to be holy. We are his holy people. But the way for us to be holy is not by keeping dietary laws. Those are things that come into us from the outside. The way we are holy is by setting apart the Lord and reverencing him in our heart and living a life of faith-based obedience unto Christ as his holy people. First of all, it's Christ who makes us holy positionally. He sanctifies us by his blood. His spirit is making us holy internally through the process of sanctification. But we are called to be holy, and our call to be holy is a call to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. No, I'm not going to sing. I won't inflict that upon you this morning. But that's the application here. The application here is not to these particular dietary things. That was a temporary picture, much like the tabernacle is a temporary picture, and the, the earthly priesthood and the sacrifice system was a temporary earthly picture. The eternal perspective is that we are God's holy and distinct people, and we are called to live holy lives. Let's pray. Father, you have made us holy through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our sanctification and the fulfillment of the law for all who believe. Make us holy in our hearts and in our behavior as your Holy Spirit applies to us the righteousness of Christ in our lives day by day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that was Leviticus chapter 11 tomorrow. You see it on the bottom of the screen. We're going to continue right on into Leviticus chapter 12. Hope you can be with us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.